This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. To kick off the new year, I got to do something very exciting that I've always wanted to do. Experience the highest peak in the Northeast and watch the folks that observe the weather on top of Mount Washington. Getting there was an adventure. We had to travel up the mountain in several modes of transportation, including a snowcat to the summit. We had to pack for cold, snowy, and windy weather, and we stayed overnight with a fantastic crew that worked for the Mount Washington Observation Center and the New Hampshire State Parks Department. The idea of traveling to this historic destination came from my friend Phil Johnson, who I've known for a few years now after he asked if I would come on his podcast, Stormfront Freaks. I was able to sit down and talk with Phil during our trip. You'll also hear interviews with weather observer and IT specialist Charlie Peachy and director of weather operations Jay Broccolo, who explain the significance of Mount Washington and why they do what they do. First up, the host of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Phil Johnson. Phil Johnson, I'm so excited to have you on the Janice Dean podcast. I'm excited to be on. You've been on ours so many times now, so yeah. it's good, good to reverse the role a little bit. You made the Dean's list. Wow. <laughs> if Did we I? could only see your face. That's, yeah. <laughs> I made the wow you did. look, yes. So I have to give you props because we're taping this right now at Mount Washington, the observatory here, the highest summit in the Northeast. And the person that brought this place to my attention on my radar was you. So what happened? How did this come on your radar? And why did you decide to bring your podcast, Stormfront Freaks, to Mount Washington? So first off, we're celebrating our 200th episode. Woohoo! And so when we did 100 episodes, uh, we met at, in Oklahoma City, a uh, big weather area with Norman, Oklahoma there and everything yep. else. And so for 200, we wanted to do something special, but it's in January. So uh, we've got someone, one of our co-hosts, uh, Serena Arnold. Mm-hmm. She used to work here uh, as a meteorologist. And so there was a connection there. And I think she might, at one point, uh, she had said, hey, we should at some time get together and go up there. And we thought, well, why don't we do it for our 200th? So she started that connection to make it happen. Okay. My thought was, well, hey, 200 episodes, let's get someone that we've had on multiple times and bring her back. And so I immediately thought of you, Janice, and uh, obviously had reached out to you. And, and there was kind of a, a quiet period there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't know if we'd be able to make this happen. And so... Yeah. We also reached out then to Reed, Timmer, uh, and asked him, hey, do you want to come join us? And uh, he was able to. And then I heard from you and your (laughs) team saying, okay, we're ready. And we thought, sweet, okay, how can we make this work? Uh, Because it would have been a few too many people, I guess, on one trip. Mm -hmm. And uh, so having you here 
Wednesday night and then us here Thursday night so that we can meet today worked out perfect. And it I'm did. so glad it happened. Well, I'm so glad it happened because I never really thought about doing uh, reports from here. Obviously, you know that this is one of the worst place. No, I don't like worst weather. I don't like that phrase. Maybe the most uh, wicked weather or volatile weather. Wicked um, weather. Wicked weather. Yeah. Um, and, you know, studying this area of the world, it's where all of the ingredients come together for incredible winds. Uh, you have like nor'easters that can cause a lot of damage. Um, so to be up here with the folks that run the ship has been really incredible. Well, and, and I'm looking forward to what you've had. Yes. Uh, we're looking forward to today and, and overnight getting a chance to talk to the staff, learn a little bit more about it. Now, we've had Serena as kind of a little surrogate uh, to help us and, and lead us a little bit, but uh, definitely looking forward to the stories and the facts and, and what they do and the benefit of what they do and how it benefits the National Weather Service and others. Uh, finding out a little bit more about that should, should be good. It was really enlightening for me, and I'm so glad to bring it to a national uh, audience because this is a place that relies on public funding, yeah. you know, the, and, and grants. And I think that we need to help these places uh, a lot more. Yeah, it's it's it was interesting because our hundredth episode was a week before COVID shut everything down, mm. and one of the things we talked about after that episode is how the National Weather Service gets a lot of their data is also through the airline industry mm -hmm. uh, and and the jets that are flying over and all the readings they're getting, and when that was grounded, that also made a big impact to the industry's ability to fund uh, their models with data yes. and, and getting accurate um uh, model forecasts. And so this is no different here with Mount Washington. Being able to get that data is so important to that. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you. I don't want to give too much away, um, but you're going to have Hurricane Force Wednesday, which is something that we didn't get to have. Um, but it is really incredible. And just the hospitality here, people are the greatest people on earth. And driving up to New Hampshire, I had been here last summer because my son, my youngest son, went to camp here. There is something about this place that made me realize that maybe I need to be start thinking about this for a place to, to live one day. Hmm. And Serena does. We talked about Serena. She does live here, but I've never been here. And so it was really beautiful as we uh, flew into Boston mm -hmm. and then we drove up here, stayed in uh, North Conway last night mm -hmm. and uh, just gorgeous. Uh, and, and, and then we started seeing the snow mm -hmm. as we got closer to the base of Mount Washington and had the chance to come up to, I assume you came up in the snow cat as well. We and, yeah. 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 That was kind of incredible. When I told my husband we were coming up in the snow cat, he's like, oh yeah, the snow cat, the, like the one that they used in the shining in the movie, the shining. Did you see that? <laughs> I, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I really don't want that as a yeah. reference point. <laughs> no, no. But it wasn't too bad. And they, they really put your mind at ease because I even asked them because we're going to be driving down today in hurricane force gusts. They're like, yeah, we got this. It's not a big deal. Well, I hope you do get outside because just before we got together here now, uh, we just went outside out on the deck. And uh, at least gusts were now up to 65. Mm. And there's certain 
parts uh, apparently of that deck that you can go to really experience the wind so probably before you leave you should get out there one more time oh, they were giving me the the sort of the tips on how to kind of run into the wind so that it kind of picks you nice. up nice i'm not sure i want to do that but we'll see okay tell me about Stormfront freaks and how that all came to be so uh we started in 2016 um now we're a bi-weekly show uh, so that's why we're only at 200 episodes at this point. But uh, we started back in 2016. I've, I've got a little bit of a background in radio. And then my brother, Mark Johnson, we call him MJ because we have two Marks in our group. Uh, he also had a little bit of a background in radio. But we were... Um, at that point, let's just say kind of weather weenies, uh, weather geeks, you know, just kind of interested in weather and, and storm spotters. And, and he was the uh, coordinator for his county in Minnesota for Skywarn. And uh, this is just an idea to me to go, hey, let's, let's, what's great about podcasts, right, is you can listen to something that you want to listen to, mm-hmm. as opposed to talk radio where you have to listen to whatever they're talking about. And so you can pick what you want to listen to. Thought it was a great medium. And so I reached out to my brother first, because he's also a technical kind of guru, and, and said, hey, do you want to do this? Let's, let's try it. And, and uh, ever since 2016, we've got this great group. We've got this great team of storm chasers, meteorologists, um, and it's a bunch of people we don't take ourselves too seriously. We like to have fun. Uh, that's why we like to have you on the show a lot. But uh, uh, we've been going now, you know, almost eight years, and it's it's still a hobby. It's still something we enjoy doing. Uh, none of us get paid to do this. Um, but it's a great way to in, interact with a lot of people in the industry, get to meet a lot of the people in the industry. But the podcast itself, we like to have fun. It's very laid back. Um, we're actually, we, we brought up a, a beer uh, to, the, to the summit. A Stormfront Freak yeah, beer? We'll, we'll show you. It's uh, from Post and Beam Brewery uh, here in New Hampshire. Uh-huh. They put together a storm, uh, frosted Stormfront Freak's German Pilsner mm. in cans. And so it's got our label. It's got our 200th episode uh, logo on it. I have a sweatshirt for you, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So, uh, so yeah, that's, it's a really laid back, fun. Uh, we focus more on entertainment. And hope we can educate people in the process. Well, I think that's great. And, you know, I was talking to the volunteers here and the people who are observers and, and go out and actually do the science. It can be very complicated. It can be very sciencey, And you can lose your audience sometimes if you get too much in the weeds. And, you know, the people here are just so good at being able to translate uh, what is pretty complicated science into something that the general public can uh, understand. And so I think that's really important. I think your show is good like that, too, because you bring on meteorologists, people in the profession that don't take themselves too seriously and also want to educate the people and and make it easy for them to understand the science behind the weather and and there's a lot of as you know there's a lot of stories to be told in the weather industry from meteorologists storm chasers and i think it also brings um that to the listening audience or the viewing audience to get to know these people they see on tv see on youtube hear about but seem a little disconnected from Mm -hmm gives them a chance to kind of really get to know them a little bit better. Oh, I think that's a really important. Uh, any highlights from the last 200 episodes that you think back to? You know, it's, it's, it's every time someone says that or I ask that question to other people, 
for whatever reason, the stories that always come back tend to not be weather related okay. because every once in a while we'll kind of walk on the, the fine line of, of, uh, uh, Risque. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a good way to say yeah. it. And so we've had, we always play games with our guests. And I know we've played, because of your music background, yeah. we've played some music games with you. But we, we play like a game with them while they're on. And some have been a little risque. And for whatever reason, that's what everybody comes back and says, oh, this one was the one that was really funny. Or you got to talk about that one. And those are always the ones that are like, really? That, that's the one you really liked yeah, out of yeah. everything we do? It's, it's really bizarre yeah. what uh, sometimes. It's funny because uh, I asked somebody just this morning at the Mount Washington Observatory, I said, what do tourists remember the most about this place? And they're like, the cat Nimbus. That's what they remember the most. Ah, they have a yeah. resident cat here. I, I heard. <laughs> I, and I'm not a huge cat fan. I'm allergic but, to cats. So, oh, I, no. yeah, I am. But it's okay. Yeah. I've, I'm, I've got lots of Benadryl and <laughs> all that kind of stuff in my system right now. It's fine. Um, but interesting cat. And they told me... Um, the cat has been here for a while. They've actually had several stray cats that have, have lived in the observatory. And the reason why they're so great is because they catch the mice. Oh, good call. That's true. Yeah. That we have a cat in our neighborhood. It's not ours, yeah. but it's in our neighborhood. And we know it can help with that. So yeah. I'm all for it if it's living in somebody else's house. Yeah, I, you'll see the cat, but yeah. the cat isn't very, you know, does, does its own thing. It's not going to jump on my face. Nope. When I wake up tomorrow morning. No. That's my fear. You can also shut the door. Um, okay. So what can we expect in the year ahead for Stormfront Freaks? So, you know, the fun part is we've we've always had some fun guests on the show. Um, you know, pretty much anybody you can think in the weather industry uh, we've had on. And, and so that's always fun. It's always fun to find new people. Um, Next episode after this 200, uh, Alan Seals is going to be on. We haven't had him oh, on wow. before, and I'm, I hear he's just retiring as well. Yeah. So, so, uh, so he's going to be on. Um, we, we've got the, the, I'll be honest with you, Janice. This has always been something when we started it. There was never a vision of, okay, we want to get to this, or we want to reach this point. It's always been kind of a, just kind of go as we go to see what happens. And, and I'm always trying to think of new things, um, try to get a little better with how we do things. And so this last year, you know, we had the disaster relief telethon that we did with a couple other weather podcasts that, that uh, you joined us on. And, um, you know, we got this 200 ep 200th episode that we've been preparing a, a few months for now. And so uh, I'm looking forward to being done with the 200th episode. Mm -hmm. And the planning of that uh, and and then looking forward to what can we do this year we always do a chase week mm -hmm. where our, our team goes chasing uh, in the plains usually April May time period so I'll be looking forward to that again but as far as okay what's new on the horizon ask me tomorrow and I'll, <laughs> I'll let you know what do you do in your day job uh, so I work at Miami University in Ohio, Oxford, Ohio, I work for their athletic department. Mm -hmm. So I uh, help put on their all their home games, uh, athletic events, as well as oversee all their athletic facilities and new construction of athletic buildings. And, and so I'm kind of in collegiate athletics. Yeah. Um, but I do get to obviously part of that job for the home games is also monitoring uh, weather and, and keeping an eye on that. And so I get a little bit of weather in, in my day job. That's cool. I love that you're doing stuff that you love to do. I think more people need to look into that. You know, even if your day job is not what you, you know, 
thought you would ever see yourself doing to have something on the side that you really enjoy like a podcast my husband actually just uh, uh, got a ham radio license yeah and he loves that I think it's really important no matter what your age to always try something new and this experience here at Mount Washington amazing it was trying something new and and I hope I never lose that yeah, that's and and this was something we've been looking forward to for a long time uh, now to to be up here for this and because you hear about it, you hear people talk about the wind and the crazy weather and and actually experience it and go yep yep and so yeah you got to get outside one more time we got to keep in contact because you always you always give me great ideas uh, that's good I'm glad if I can do that I'm more than happy to do that but we will always stay in contact okay yeah. fantastic yeah. and yeah. Fox Weather was very appreciative of your help and you know maybe we we can have like a Fox Weather Stormfront Freaks hour or something yeah we're up for it okay we're always up for new stuff thank you my friend cool thanks Janice you got it Thanks again to Phil for not only coming on the podcast, but for suggesting this amazing trip in the first place. I look forward to our next adventure together in the future. Up next, my interview with Mount Washington weather observer and IT specialist Charlie Peachy and director Jay Broccolo. Working on top of Mount Washington is not an ordinary day job. In fact, it's a 24-hour career for those who decide to join the crew. There is no commute back and forth to work like we do every day. They work in shifts, and weather observations are reported every hour, 24 hours, 365 days a year. It's not for everyone, but the people who do this work really love it, and they know its value. Jay Broccolo is the director of weather operations and took us on a tour of the observatory. Here is some of our interview. Jay Broccolo, tell me what your title is here. You've worked here for a long time. Yeah, I've been here for five years and I'm the director of weather operations. You told me earlier, and by the way, we showed video of up top where we were breaking a little bit of ice. How far up is that? So it's about 80 to 90 feet above where we are right now, but it's 70 feet above uh, where our floor is, where we do all of our weather operations. So we were at the top of the top in the northeast. Yeah, the summit of Mount Washington is 6,288 feet, but our uh, wind instruments are actually 6,310. Mm-hmm. Jay, why is it important uh, to sh- shine a spotlight on this place? Yeah, so there's a, there's a number of reasons. Uh, the National Weather Service is probably the the main one Uh, so because we are at 6,000 plus feet it's kind of like having a permanent weather balloon so we can give hourly uh, data to the National Weather Service where that's really rare uh, in the rest of the country otherwise you kind of have to launch a weather balloon we also have mesonet stations that go down the mountain so we have a lower profile of the lower 6,000 feet of the atmosphere uh, which is really helpful uh, you know for the National Weather Service another part is our forecast and the recreation that happens here in the White Mountains. So we put out two daily forecasts uh, at 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. And it's really just to inform all the recreationists of what they're going to experience when they come out here. We want everyone to be safe. Uh, We want them to be prepared. Obviously, the weather up here is is pretty gnarly, uh, so they need to be really prepared for it. Also, some of the other operations that happened, the the different organizations, the Cog Railway, the, uh, the Auto Road, different ski mountains, around so really just keep keeping people informed about the weather and it's manned 24 7 365 days a year yeah 24 7 365 
all during holidays, regardless of storms. The only time we don't go outside is during lightning, uh, mainly because a lot of things are on the summit. Our lightning, we're very high, those radio towers, so we don't want anyone to get hit. What an amazing thing. And you say the weather today is not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that seems to be the trend here. We're always saying the weather's not that bad. Um, I mean, it, it's a little chilly. We're in the fog. There's some snow showers around, but we're below our average wind speed. Uh, which, which is, is what? Yeah, our average wind speed is 35 miles an hour uh, throughout the year, and we're, we're in the mid-20s right now. It might not feel like that when you're on top yeah. of the tower because uh, there's no friction slowing the wind down like there is right here. Let's brag a bit. Uh, top wind speed. Uh, my top wind speed is 150. But in, in the history of this place? Uh, 231 miles per hour. Okay, the worst cold? Uh, minus 47 degrees, which we've hit uh, twice. So 47 degrees below zero. And the wind chill? Uh, the lowest wind chill is 109 below. Oh my God. And that just happened. Yeah, last uh, last February. I unfortunately was not up here for it, uh, but the shift that just went down today uh, was up here for it. That's amazing. And you guys have been so welcoming uh, for our crew. I'm looking forward to spending the night here in the little bunks. It's like camping. Uh, so hospitable. Uh, in a place where it experiences the worst weather in the world. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, sometimes the the best thing looking forward to is that warm meal that our excellent volunteers cook up for us every day. Uh, you know what? This has been such a wonderful trip so far. Thanks to Jay and all the people at the Mount Washington Observatory. Uh, it's a great way to celebrate two decades in the business, I'll tell you that much. Even if it's windy, I'm from Canada, so I can take it. Nice. <laughs> Thanks again to Jay for the tour and the hospitality. I also want to thank the volunteers, Alexis, who worked the overnight shift, Chelsea with the New Hampshire Parks Department, and all the other folks who helped make this trip so special. They fed us, they made sure there was plenty of coffee, and whatever we needed, it was there. Up next, our interview with Charlie Peachy, Mount Washington weather observer and IT specialist. We are halfway up to the summit of Mount Washington. I'm here with Charlie Peachy. Charlie, give me your title. I am a weather observer and research and IT specialist at the Mount Washington Observatory. How long have you been doing this job? Actually, it's only been about five or six months right now. Wow. I just graduated this past summer. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great job. Tell me about the requirements. Um, so I graduated with my bachelor's degree in meteorology and a master's in applied meteorology from Plymouth State. And then I was able to use both of those directly going into working here as the weather observer and research and IT specialist, creating forecasts and doing hourly weather observations every hour, about 15 minutes before every hour. So it, um, a lot of the requirements are just being able to understand the weather and being able to understand how to talk to the public about the weather too, because that's one of the most important parts of our job. I think that that is the, one of the most important parts, as you mentioned, because the science behind it can get, you know, very technological, yes. but to actually be able to, in simple terms, tell the public what's going on, I mean, that's kind of an art form. Exactly, yeah, and that's what I spent a lot of my undergrad doing, is trying to prepare how to talk about these big science topics and climate change topics in a way that the public can understand and use it in their everyday life so that they can take forward the message that you're really trying to convey and then understand the message about climate change and all the extreme science we do up here. I have not been up to the summit yet. What 
can I expect? Well, you're in for a treat. Tomorrow night we could be getting around 100 mile per hour winds. That means tomorrow we could be getting some winds upwards of 50, 60 miles per hour. So about hurricane force gusts during the day. So it's definitely a very windy environment. You can expect a lot more visibility like this where you're stuck in the clouds about 60% of the time. But otherwise you get some beautiful views about up to 120 miles on the most clear days. So That's crazy. On the most clear days we can see about five states, two countries and one ocean. Oh! Yeah. That is amazing. So how often would you get hurricane force winds up there? Um, statistically, it's about every two to three days in the winter, and then in the summer, it's every couple other days. But in the winter, we usually get hurricane force a lot more because of the low pressure systems that track a lot more close to the mountain and more often. Tell me about the science of the summit, why we get those winds. We get those winds specifically at the summit because we're at a really sp um, special point in the U.S. where a lot of the low pressure systems track right over the summit. So we get a, a good amount of storms that give us this weather, and then also with the way the uh, summit's located, we got a big funneling effect from the local uh, mountains around us, the presidential range, and that funnels all the wind right up to the summit. And then when it funnels up and over the summit, what's called the Bernoulli principle, is you get all that air getting funneled right over the summit. When it gets really fast over one area, it becomes a lower pressure. So you get increased winds, lower pressure, and extreme weather at the top of Mount Washington due to the, some of that funneling of the air and compressing a bit at the top of the summit. One of your slogans is the world's worst weather. Uh, yes. Some of the worst weather that you've experienced? Um, currently, I've only experienced 108 mile per hour gusts, which is nothing compared to the 231 mile per hour uh, re world record wind gust recorded by man in 1932. And that was without a storm? Uh, without a hurricane or a tornado? Yes, yeah, it wasn't necessarily during any of those. It was during more of a tropical event of a, a system coming up the East Coast, but it wasn't necessarily during something of a named hurricane or storm that we're no, used to around here. And the coldest it's been up there? Um, this past winter, we actually set our record. We tied the record for current temperature of negative 47 and set the world record um, wind chill of negative 108 degrees. That just happened? Yes, this happened this past February, of actually last year, February 2023. Wow. What kind of uh, instruments do you use? Um, specifically, we use pitot tubes to measure the wind, in wind up there because we have to use our own specific crazy um, extreme weather instruments. We basically pull those off of airplanes and that's how they measure their wind speeds. And we have to use them up here so they can heat it and then de-ice it every hour or so. And then aside from that, we use um, regular anemometers like spinning wind vanes um, that we use during when it's not icing. And then we use normal thermometers as well to get real field temperatures. But every hour we go out and use um, actual thermometers. We sling them around called sling psychrometers. Yeah. And we get real feel temperature and then we get the real feel uh, humidity at that same exact moment with manual thermometers. Something very cool that you use like old school technology. Yes, that's been around since we first started here about 90, 95 years ago. So we've been using it ever since because it's the most accurate way to measure the extreme winds up there because we tend to get some pretty uh, extreme winds and weather and when that happens a lot of the weather instruments aren't meant for that and they break. So we can't tend to fix them all the time so instead we go outside and get more accurate measurements doing it ourselves and understanding the weather patterns that could um, influence the the temperature readings we're seeing right in front of our eyes. Okay, Charlie, I'm excited. We got to do this. We're ready to go up to the summit? Absolutely, we are. I'm excited too. Yay! Thanks again to Charlie for spending so much time with us, showing us around and the incredibly cool weather tools he uses to gather information, plus the excitement for his job. If you would like to find out about the important work that Charlie, Jay, and the other observers and volunteers do at Mount Washington, please visit their website. It's mountwashington.org. You can also donate or visit their online gift store to help fund this important landmark.